Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Audio Mailbag Podcast, Week 9 edition. You know, we're starting to string these together now, two in a row. Hopefully, our Bears do the same against the Buffalo Bills, but we'll get into that preview show tomorrow. And, of course, I couldn't do this alone, as I'm always joined by my great co-host, Brandon Hazlett. Brandon, how you doing, man? I'm I'm great. Great co-host. That was a, a very good introduction. Uh, but you said speaking uh, speaking of stringing these audio mailbags together, we might have to go back and double check when we were rolling before the bye week with these audio mailbags. I think the Bears might have won every game we did a, a mailbag, but we got to go back and double check that. You know, I was actually thinking the same thing. I think it was yesterday. Like every time we did an audio mailbag, the Bears won. We stopped the mailbag. The Bears started losing. So, you know, that just means from here on out, it's audio mailbag every week. Every week. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, other than that, Brandon, I mean, obviously, Purdue lost, Iowa lost last week, and now we have to face each other this week. How are you feeling about that? One, the loss, and now having to face the Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, after talking to a couple Michigan State fans, found out that you know their whole roster is pretty much depleted. They're on their third-string punter going into that game and produced the loss. Oh, it was man. like, that's kind of heartbreaking that we couldn't even be like a third-string punter, you know, but... I like our I like our chances at home better than I do on the road. They uh, kind of came out flat, so we'll see what what Iowa's got. Yeah, it should be an interesting one. I know losing to Penn State really just deflated my expectations. <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes still, I guess, have a chance. They're not mathematically eliminated, but 
honestly, when you look at it, they're probably eliminated. So it's whatever. But we have the NFL, we have the Chicago Bears, and we have this audio mailbag podcast. So, Brandon, are you ready to just get down and do this? Let's do it. Let's do it. And our first question of the night comes from Joey. Joey, here's your question. Um, hey guys, it's Joey. Um, do you think Nagy is starting to realize how to use Howard a little more? I ask this because Howard's been my favorite um, bear for the last few years, and I just really like him. I really think he can be a good running back. So yeah, there's my question. Thanks, guys. Bear down. To answer your question, Joey, I would say just based off of last game, I would say yes. Matt Nagy maybe getting more of a feel. For Jordan Howard, uh, he was just more committed to Howard in that game against the Jets. 22 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. He really helped the Bears close out that game. And that's what you really want to see from Jordan Howard. Just when the game is uh, basically won and you just need to ground and pound, uh, take time off the clock, just keep your offense out there so the opposing offense stays off the field. You want Jordan Howard for these for these downs, for these situations, because he's the perfect back for it. We always talk about he's always moving forward. He's a good back. He has great vision, can make sometimes those lateral cuts. And that's exactly what Matt Nagy needs to keep doing moving forward. Um, but I still think that Howard's workload uh, will be determined by the opponent each week. And I think that's just how you know offenses, offensive game plans just go about. You're going to use probably one guy more than the other, depending on the opponent. But overall, I still want to see Howard get more touches, more catches out of the backfield because he's shown that he can do that. He just hasn't had that many opportunities um, in his, this season so far. And actually, Mitch Trubisky missed an easy uh, route to the flat where Howard it was just out of his reach. So just want to see, again, Matt Nagy just continue to utilize him, put him in position to succeed. And I think this is a good starting point. He, he still hasn't had that 100-yard game, but this is a step in the right direction. Now, Brandon, you were not able to watch the game live, but just what are your takeaways from what you have been able to see in highlights and just recapping the game film against the Jets? Yeah, I think a lot of it kind of comes from what, what Nagy's done in game situations where he builds plays after, you know, on top of each other, get routes open. Uh, at the same time, you kind of look at it in a whole season perspective. Uh, the Jets, I would think. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. I think that they looked at this game and went, well, gee, they're more pass-heavy than giving the ball to Jordan Howard. Uh, so as a result, they probably were looking to defend the pass a little bit more, allowing Howard to get some of those carries, be able to get in a rhythm throughout the game. Uh, you said he had 22 carries, so we can mark that as another win uh, in the column when Jordan Howard gets 20 or more touches. Uh, so that's that's a good sign as well. So I th is he starting to realize how to use Jordan Howard? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of the whole season, you listen to Matt Nagy mic'd up. I don't know if you guys haven't seen it on YouTube. It's pretty cool, but he does a lot of, uh, you know, he giving Jordan Howard the opportunity to speak in the, uh, in the locker room after the game, you know, telling the team, you know, huddle up, bears on three, whatever, uh, things like that. He wanted him to have a very good game, and he instilled confidence in it, and you can hear it throughout the whole session of him, uh, of Matt Nagy being mic'd up. So, yeah, I think he he realizes how valuable Howard is, uh, and I think he's kind of looking at his usage in a, 
a grand scheme of, okay, well, if we go pass heavy this amount of time, then we can really run the ball. Like I think they did against the Jets uh, when they were able to get into a rhythm because uh, teams are going to look to defend, so, defend the pass. So, yeah, I think he's finally starting to realize it. Yeah, and actually another good point to bring up to this is that the weather wasn't the best on Sunday in that Jets game. It was windy, it started to rain, and you know who was utilized a lot more? Jordan Howard. So that's, I know that the Bears don't have that many home games left later in the year. Um, after the Bills game, uh, they have the Lions, and then after that, they have the Vikings, but then they have the Rams and Packers later in the season. Those are two last home games, and that's where you're going to see that weather play a factor. And, well, it just shows that Jordan Howard, in that grand scheme of things, when the weather is not the best, you want to have a good ground game. And Jordan Howard ended up having his best game of the season against the Jets. Uh, so that's always encouraging to see. And hopefully Matt Nagy just utilizes him moving forward. And now we're going to head off to our second question of the night. And it comes from Brett. Brett, here's your question. Hey, guys. This is Brett from Michigan. I was just wondering, what do you guys think about uh, Khalil Mack sitting out this week? Um, my personal opinion is I really like it, and I hope he sits out next week too against the Bills because they don't seem like much of an opponent getting back ready for the division games. And uh, what do you think about them uh, playing return of the Mack in their locker room once he comes back and gets that huge game? Bear down, Chicago. Brett, that's a that's a really good question. I, I like – like uh like you, I like that they uh, sat him out against the Jets, and I, again, I hope they do it against the Bills, especially if he's not 100%, because we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. If it's either Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson, we got to uh, wait and figure that out still, I believe, to this moment. Uh, at the moment of the recording, anyway, uh, because, I mean, neither Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson have the the talent to beat the Bears' defense by themselves. Uh, they've got some good wide receivers and a good uh, running back, LaShawn McCoy there, and they got uh, Kelvin Benjamin there as well. Uh, but regardless, I mean, the quarterback's got to be able to get those guys the ball, and I'm not sure that uh, Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson have the talent to be able to beat these Bears DBs uh, by themselves. So I'm not sure that a pass rush is really going to be crucial in this one as much as we'd all like to see it. I'm not sure that it's necessarily going to be a key in this game. So I don't think even if they sit Cleo Mack for another week uh, to save his longevity for this year, I'm totally okay with that. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with Cleo Mack sitting, uh, just sitting against the Jets and then moving forward against the Bills because I think right now Derek Anderson has a concussion, so he's going through the concussion protocol. So right. I think it's looking like Nathan Peterman might be the guy. And if you can't beat Nathan Peterman, regardless if you have Cleo Mack or not, there's a huge problem. Imagine losing <laughs> to Nathan Peterman in a season and Brock Osweiler. That is just the epitome of the worst season. Like, there's you can't get any worse than that, losing those guys. But to answer your question, if Cleo Mack's not healthy and if he looks anything like he did against the Patriots and you're just kind of throwing him out there to test him out, there's no reason for that. The Bears have far more important games than playing a Nathan Peterman-led Bills team. They still have five division games left. Those are the ones that you need to win when the right. season is coming down to the end, to the wire, where you need to have whoever has more, obviously whoever has more wins is going to get into the playoffs. So this is not a game where you need Cleo Mack. If he's not healthy, you sit him for longer. I know the Bills and Patriots game on Monday night was a lot closer than it should have been. It was 9-6 to six going into that fourth quarter. Surprisingly, it was nine to six. But then the Patriots, yeah, surprisingly, I mean, it shouldn't have been that close. But 
in that fourth quarter, the Patriots ended up scoring 13 unanswered points. It just kind of separated from that game. I think that's what it's going to be. If it's the bills have a good defense, but it's just how long can you play defense and see that your offense isn't producing to where you at a point, you just kind of give up. We've seen bears teams do that. And that's why I don't think it's essential or necessary to play Cleo Mack against the bills. And even Allen Robinson, I know you didn't mention that, but there's no reason for it. And then to answer the second part of your question uh, with Mac coming back and having hopefully a big game, do they play return the Mac in the locker room? I'm going to take this a different direction because I know it's uh, you know, a kind hearted question. It's just playing around, but we've heard so much about Mac this season, right? And we know uh, in just the past week, we heard Akeem Hicks and how he answered to the media where Khalil Mack, uh, they, a, a reporter asked Akeem Hicks, like, what was it like, I think, playing with not having Khalil Mack out there? He's like, you know, I can only worry about the guys that are on the field. I don't know. I don't think you should center all the attention around Mack. Yes, he's the highest paid defensive player in the league. But doing that, it's like you're singling out one person because he has a good game when all those rest of those players did as well. But if they did it, I would be fine. I just want to put that, I guess, perspective out there. What do you think, Brandon? Are you good with if, you know, Mac has a good game playing return of the Mac in the locker room? I thought it was funny when they did it when they brought him in, but I don't think it should be a, an overhyped thing. So like you said, you're kind of singling out one guy, and that's not what uh, Matt Nagy, I think, preaches. I think he's more of a, you know, this is a, well, we know he's going to say this is more of a, a team sport. Everyone's got to pitch in their part. Everyone's going to go out there and have a big game, uh, whether it's Mac or not. I mean, if they do it, then so what? But I don't think it should be, you know, every time he's got a good game, we're going to play this in the locker room. I, I like the the party culture that they have. I don't know if you've seen that uh, after they win. I really, really like that. If that instills, you know, winning's fun. You want to be able to keep that. But if you keep playing return of the Mac every time he's got a good game, then I would think some guys are going to take that the wrong way after a while. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And also worth mentioning here, Matt Nagy in his press conference today said that Cleo Mack and Allen Robinson are going to be on a similar schedule uh, in terms of approaching practice this week. So they're not going to practice. They didn't practice today. Most likely they won't practice the rest of the week. And then it'll be one of those game time decisions, seeing how they feel. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Cleo Mack and that injury moving forward. And to our third question of the night, it comes from a Bears fan. From New York, here's your question. Hi, Bears caller here from New York. Um, the Bears just got a win yesterday. All the division rivals lost. So what do you think is the Bears' pathway to the playoffs? Does 10 wins get us in? Does 11 wins get us in? Do we need to win the division? Do we need to um, uh, get a wild card? How do we get to the playoffs this year? And you guys could take a look at our record, our, our upcoming schedule, and, and tell us what you guys think our record's going to be. That'd be great. Thanks. All right, Bears fan from New York. Next time, leave your name so we can shout you out on the podcast here. But to answer your question, first, I'm just going to give out the layout of what the NFC playoff picture actually looks like. Right now in the West, you have the number one seed, the 8-0 Rams. In the South, you have the Saints at 6-1, number two seed. The East, the Redskins are leading that conference with 5-2 and two with the three seed. North is the Bears at 4-3, four and three, the four seed. Wild card right now. The Panthers at five and two, since they're the five seed, they would actually play the Bears right now if the season were to end. And then the other wild card, the Seahawks at four and three, being the sixth seed, would play the Redskins. So that's what the playoff picture kind of looks like. And now, in terms of the Bears' schedule, they have at the Bills, obviously this week, the Lions at home, the Vikings at home, 
Then they go to Detroit. They go to New York to the New York Giants uh, stadium there. Then they host the Rams, host the Packers, go to San Francisco, then end the season uh, in Minnesota. So right now, just looking at what what the schedule looks like, um, where the seeds are at, I'm projecting the Bears 11 and five, 11 and five, and that is something you know starting the season. I wasn't too confident about that. I think 10 was like my max, but the two games I'm really looking at that the bears, you know, will probably lose one of the matchups to to the Minnesota Vikings and then the Rams. The other ones are all winnable games. And so for me, I think the bears to get into the playoffs, whether that's a wild card that is winning the division. I think that that number is 10. I think if you get 10 wins, you should be, all right with making the playoffs. I think 11's essentially going to have to win the division just because I think the Packers will eventually bounce back. I think the Vikings are a good team. They just had some bad breaks. But I think if you get 10 wins right now, I think you're good to make the playoffs where it's a wild card. And like I said, 11 would probably get you the division. Um, But Brandon, what do you think about this? What is the magic number? What do you foresee for the rest of the schedule? And if you need me to you know, relay, relay the rest of the teams. I could definitely do that. But what, what's your thought about this? Division games, are, I think, are going to be really, really important because uh, we still have the two against the Vikings, and they're going to be, I think, the toughest uh, to overcome. I don't, I don't think that if we – I think we have to win the division uh, at this point to be able to get in because if the Seahawks are the last-seeded team in at 4-3, and three, uh, I mean, the Vikings do have that tie, so that kind of goes against them in that way as far as getting in. Uh, but it makes the head-to-head matchups very important. So that way, if the Bears and the Vikings end up with the same record uh, and the Bears have two wins against the Vikings rather than one, that's going to look a lot better. And the Bears, are, I think, are going to be able to win the division, especially with Detroit trading away Golden Tate uh, and Green Bay trading away ha, Clinton Dix. Um, I think that those are two piece, two important pieces for those teams. I think that's kind of them saying we're checking out for this year. Uh, so those are definitely winnable games. Uh, but there's a couple uh, games that start with a with a T that I'm a little scared to mention. Uh, one of them being Week 13 uh, at the New York Giants, uh, because we go to Detroit, uh, then we're at New York, and then home to the Rams. They, I hope that they don't overlook that Giants game because that's definitely a winnable game, and t- the Giants are not very good this year. So hopefully that's one that they they show up to, especially since it's an away game. I think if they win the games they're supposed to win uh, at the Bills, at the Giants, at San Francisco. Uh, take this one from Green Bay. Uh, at least get one of these games against the Vikings. I, I think that that really puts us in a very good standing as far as getting in, and it's going to be really interesting because we can't control what the other teams do. Uh, but I think winning the division is almost going to have to be the way to go since the Vikings uh, with that also have four wins are not included in this this wild card. So as long as the Bears don't tie – I think can at least beat the Vikings in one of these matchups uh, that should be able to get them to win the division. Cause I think the lions are definitely beatable. Uh, the Packers are definitely beatable. I think that they're checking out with the trades that they made uh, this past week. So it's, I think it's going to come down to winning the division and I don't think it really matters what the record is. They just have to really take these division games very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the division games, like we even said in the earlier question, those are the ones that really count that will get you into the playoffs or break your playoff run. Uh, if you don't win those games, but yeah, like the Panthers are sitting in a wild card spot, five and two. That's a pretty good record for a wild yeah. card spot. So it just shows that um, even if you know, I know I said ten wins. I think we'll we'll get you in. 
It might not remember the last year in Lovey Smith's uh, career with the Bears as a head coach. Mm-hmm. He got ten wins, ten and didn't six. make the yep. playoffs. So I'm, I'm I'm thinking this year it might get you there, but it's all gonna play. It's it's all gonna be interesting how this all plays out because it's gonna get really interesting towards the end with a lot of those division matchups happening. Teams will get injured, less injured, become so. There's a lot of components that go into it, but we we gave you our thoughts on what might happen. Most likely, it's going to be the complete opposite because that's how <laughs> you know things work. But it would be interesting to see how that goes. So we're going to get to our fourth question of the night, and it comes from my former roommate who I saw at the gym, and I told him we were doing a podcast tonight. And he's like, "What? You're doing a podcast? Is the preview show?" I'm like, "Not the preview show yet. We do an audio mailbag where we get uh, fans' questions. Like, give me the number." I gave him the number, and on his way home, he sent us a question. So, Brett, here's your question. Yes, guys, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, I have a question about the receiving core and the weapons that the Bears have. Uh, First of all, Trey Burton, um, known as a special talent, um, at least in my opinion, um, starting tight end. Two weeks ago, he had about, what, nine catches, close to 100 yards, Last week, he was basically not heard from. Um, you know, I do know they like the shovel passes and all, but I'm not using him the way he's supposed to be used. I want your guys' thoughts on him, and I also want your guys' thoughts for Mr. Kevin White. Um, this guy's a special talent as well, former number top five pick. Um, he made a special catch that was against the Patriots. Um, that was a special play. Um, with Robinson not in, why is this man not getting enough playing time? Um, he, he could be a weapon for them. Um, I appreciate you guys taking my call. I would love to hear your feedback. Thank you very much. Brett, those are, those are great questions. I'll have to admit. And so for Trey Burton, it was interesting to see him not be as utilized as he was, like you alluded to two weeks ago against the Patriots, where he had those nine receptions, over a hundred yards, uh, a touchdown. He had a he had a great game, and then against the Jets, you don't see him as much. And you talked about Trey Burton being utilized in the shovel pass. Well, Trey Burton's a guy that you can really use him in a lot of different packages in a lot of different ways. You, we all know about the Philly special, him throwing a pass to Nick Foles in the end zone. He's been used in shovel pass throughout the season, scored a couple touchdowns on him. So I don't have a problem with that. I just think that Matt Nagy just needs to utilize him more over the middle of the field. We've seen Trey Burton have success there, and that's really worked. I Almost in every preview show, I preach, yes, saying, I, every preview show, Brandon knows, and he, he, I, I, he should be utilized over the middle. He's that. I think he's that good of a, a route runner. He has good hands. He just understands how defenses work. And so Matt Nagy incorporating him there, that's a that's a soft spot. That's usually a soft spot in the zone for a defense, utilizing him in the middle of the field. So I think what you're alluding to is maybe Trey Burns stretching the field vertically more. And I agree. I think we should see a little bit more of that. But I, I like how Matt Nagy so far is utilizing him. Again, first year in this offense. Uh, everyone's still, I know it's nine weeks into the season, but everyone's still you know getting a feel. It's not like they're going to master this thing right away. So that's how I would address the Trey Burden question. As for Kevin White, that's interesting. We, with Allen Robinson going down, we didn't really expect for Josh Bellamy to still be getting the number of reps, the number of targets, even even the catches. I think he had four catches for around 30 yards against the Jets last week. 
you expected Kevin White to be that guy to get those receptions, get those targets, but he still hasn't. Um, and I know you said that he had a good game against the Patriots, those two catches, the big Hail, Hail Mary catch. And I think you know, for what Kevin White has been through, just all the bad breaks, just not being, not seeing the field, being having those high expectations on him. I think he deserves to at least get some more reps or to at least get some more targets. I know it's all about whether the team wins or not, but you got to feel for a guy like that being a number seven, not top five pick there, Brett. <laughs> number seven pick uh, in the 2015 NFL draft, Ryan Pace's first ever pick. You expect to see a little bit more. Most likely he's not going to be here at the end of the season anyway, but at least incorporate him more into the offense, especially if Allen Robinson isn't able to give it a go against the Buffalo Bills this week. Brandon, what are your thoughts on how Trey Burton's being utilized and then also Kevin White? Yeah, I think Trey Burton's uh, an interesting question, Bert. Uh, nice to hear from you in person next time <laughs> rather than on the audio mailbag. But uh, um, I think because you, you said he's a special talent and that's the way that Matt Nagy's using him. Uh, in those shovel passes, uh, kind of like Nick said, you'd like to see him a little bit more over the middle. I'd kind of like to see him more on the underneath shallow routes because he's athletic enough. He's got enough speed, uh, enough quickness, uh, enough elusiveness. I think that he could, you know, make a guy miss and still get some yards after the catch. If that's an area that, you know, they feel that he could be used as a, a reliable check down guy. Uh, so, I mean, especially against the bills, it's going to be interesting to see how he gets used because Tremaine Edmonds is a bigger uh, inside linebacker. So I don't know necessarily that he'll get used as much over the middle. And this was as much as Nick would like to see him get used there. I think they'll try and find some other ways uh, to get Trey Burton the ball in that one. Um, but regarding Kevin white, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, it's a good question because in training camp, Kevin white was typically the guy that I believe we've seen not finishing something that they preached throughout all the training camp. He'd quit before he got to the end zone. Uh, his, his effort, I guess I don't want to, I don't want to knock a guy's effort because I don't know what's going on in his head out there in practice, but it just seemed like he was not always, I don't even want to say there, but he wasn't finishing. That's something that the coaches preached. And I, I think that's the reason why we're seeing Josh Bellamy out there because he's going to run the route in its entirety. He's not going to quit on it halfway. I think it was a couple weeks ago, one of us on the postgame show mentioned that Kevin White ran a very, um, for better lack of a better word, a half-ass slant route uh, in the red zone, and they're not going to get the ball to him on someone that's not going to run the route in their entirety. So I think that's a, a big reason why we're not seeing Kevin White. I think he's got the talent. I think he's got the, the speed and the ability to be out there to be able to play, but I don't know that necessarily his mindset's right where it needs to be, and I think that's why we're not seeing him. Yeah, good points there, Brandon. And I think all Bears fans really want to see Kevin White into the end zone at least once. I know we saw it in preseason. Everyone was just happy to see that. It was just a good good feel moment for everybody, the Bears, Kevin White, the fans. I think that would be great to see before this season ends, just at least one. I mean, that it would be you know, something that he's been looking forward to since he got drafted in 2015. But he needs to get on the field for in order for that to happen. So... Uh, it'll be we'll wait to see if that actually comes fruition here so that's going to do it for the audio questions but that's not we're not done with the audio mailbag brandon we got no, twitter question we're not done yet so we're going to go to twitter questions that we had submitted today last night just throughout the week so our first twitter question comes from sarah g camarillo i hope i pronounced that right you know a little bit of spanish there uh so the question is do you feel that Mitch Trubisky is getting stronger every week? 
And I don't know if stronger is the right word, but I would maybe change that. Is he progressing each week? And to answer that question, I would say absolutely yes. We see now, and I, I wrote a call or a article about this for the day. He's now learning to own the line of scrimmage. And by doing that, he's changing plays of the line of scrimmage. He's, that touchdown to uh, Anthony Miller, that was an audible. He changed, Mitch Trubisky changed Anthony Miller's route to a corner, saw that the Jets were playing zone, throws a back shoulder to him. He gets in the end zone. He's identifying the defense at the line of scrimmage and causing neutral zone infractions. There's been seven of those type of penalties, offside penalties throughout the season so far. And Mitch Trubisky is definitely a big part of that. And the big thing, and what he wasn't doing earlier in the season, and of course in his rookie rookie year, is he's making the right reads. He's seeing that people are open, but he's just not hitting, connecting on all of them. And a big thing too against the Jets, there wasn't any of those uh-oh moments, uh-oh passes like that could have gone either way for the offense or the defense. You don't want to see those. And we didn't have any of those instances against the Jets. So that's also progress being made each week. You can go just back uh, two weeks to the Patriots. There are a couple of those passes that definitely should have landed in the Patriots' hands, and two of them did, but there could have been more. You didn't have that against the Jets. So I do think that Mitch Trubisky is making progress. Of course, you do want to see him be more accurate. He has to improve in that because there's plenty of plays this season where Mitch Trubisky has left points out on the field. And another thing, with Mitch Trubisky being a young quarterback, still learning this offense, teams are going to blitz, and he has to be better against them. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but uh, Trubisky's on the lower end uh, when dealing with the blitz. So that's just something that's going to come with time. But for a back of letter word, back uh, bleh, a lack of better words, sorry, I couldn't speak there, I think he is getting better, and that's what you want to see. I would say just evaluate Trubisky week by week, then go by the month and see where his progression has been. But the start of September, now heading into tomorrow will be the first day of November, he has definitely gotten better. What do you think, Brandon? Have, have you seen progress from Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, progress is the right word. Uh, stronger is kind of a, a vague word, so I'll use progression hitting, as well. Sitting in the weight room or something? Getting right. stronger, hitting the weight room? <laughs> well, he might be the way he's throwing some of oh, the yeah. passes. But, uh, um I like, again, I'll reference the, the Matt Nagy video of him being mic'd up for that game against the Jets. He he told Trubisky at one point, he says, I want to challenge you to make you great, make these great throws. And I think the Anthony Miller touchdown uh, is one of those throws uh, that's mentioned there in the, the mic'd up, which is great because that's, you know, Nagy challenged him uh, and he succeeded that challenge. Uh, he hit a milestone, I guess, is what we'll say. Just as far as confidence goes, he knows I, he looks a lot more comfortable in this offense than he did back in the beginning of September. We don't see as much of the happy feet. Uh, like you said, he struggles under under pressure, under the blitz, and that's something that you know every rookie is going to struggle with. And I'm still going to call him a rookie, even though we're 19 games into his career. Mm-hmm. I'm, st- I'm still going to call him that because we're not going to count uh, you know, Dow Loggins as much, taking that one with a grain of salt. So, uh, I mean, now that he's in more of a, a pass-happy offense, one that's a little more creative, a lot more expanded uh, than what he had last year, uh, he looks a lot more comfortable than he did nine weeks ago, I think. So progression is definitely being made. And even though, like Nick said, against the Patriots, some of those passes should end up in defenders' hands. He looks a lot more comfortable. He looks a lot more uh, poised and controlled. He's taking control of the line of scrimmage, uh, things of that nature like Nick uh, Nick addressed already. Uh, but really, he's 
he's progressed a lot. I'm I'm really impressed with what uh, Mr. Trubisky's done as far as his growth goes. I'm getting, uh, excited to continue to see how much he grows throughout this year because I he's really only going to get better. Absolutely. I just I remember that Seahawks game on Monday night and how that played out in the first half, and I was just like. I don't know when Mitch Trubisky's going out there. Do I feel is he going to throw another pick or is it going to be another inaccurate pass? What's going to does a robot know you like a neighbor insurance corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold robots. Don't know you. We do at farm bureau financial services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. It happened. But that feeling, that's been left there in week two. And now in week nine, I haven't had that feeling to where it's like, oh, I have this unsteadiness about Mitch. Yes, he might miss some passes, but for the most part, I just feel comfortable watching him. I, we've, I've seen him live twice, and then obviously watched him against the Jets, so... That's a great feeling as a fan, knowing that whatever was happening in week two, and that was for me personally, that it's that's gone, which is a great feeling. I'll I'll hop on that boat too. I, it was, I mean, even week one, like I didn't feel as, as skeptical with him out there because when they came out and scored on that opening drive and it looked wonderful, I was like, wow, he's really progressed and looks really good. Uh, so I'll even say that I left that uh, in week one uh, outside of you know. Unable, being unable to capitalize there at the end uh, to get us a drive back, but part of that's on Kyle Fuller as well, uh, not the name dropper. For anyone under the bus, I didn't mean to do that. But, uh, I mean, regardless, I'll even say from week one, uh, just the way the offense is set up, the way Matt Nagy schemes things, uh, the execution isn't always there. Uh, it's not always on Trubisky. Some guys got to be able to catch balls from time to time. Uh, got to be able to execute the offensive line does at times. Uh, well, all the time, hopefully. But regardless, uh it all comes down to certain things not being done at certain points and whether that's Trubisky executing or the right tackle executing or the tight end executing or Kevin White running a better route. I mean, it's all got to come together and we're starting to really see it all come together and Mitch is really starting to figure it out. So, I mean, I've, I felt comfortable really since the end of week one, seeing Mitch out there. I never felt like the bears have been out of a game totally. Uh, even against Miami when we went over to overtime. I thought they'd be able to put a, a solid drive there in overtime uh, to get it, and they didn't quite get there. Uh, against the Patriots, we were still in that game. I never felt like the Bears lost momentum in that one. I thought they still you know, had it within grasp and then just kind of, again, failed to execute. So now that we're seeing, especially I think last week, uh, Trubisky looking comfortable, really pulling away in that game uh, in the second half, I thought that you know he's progressed is the right word. Yeah, and that's a great feeling, knowing that, the Bears are going to be in every game because how over the past four years that hasn't been the case. There's been no. so many bad blowouts, but this year is definitely different. Every game, you know, the Bears once come to the fourth quarter, you know, the Bears are going to be right there. If they already have the lead, already have this game one, they have a chance to at least win it, which is, again, as a fan, a great feeling. So now we're going to go on to our second Twitter question of the night, and it comes from Bears defense. Will they, being the Bears, move Daniels to Kyle Long's spot or Cush? Did they practice from the side from that side in the past while Long had his rest days? And to answer your question, Bears defense on Twitter, um, I think James Daniels. James Daniels is staying at his left guard position, and Eric Cush is playing right guard. 
Why mix things up? It just doesn't make any sense. Eric Cush is a guy, you know, James Daniels and Eric Cush, uh, just going into starting this training camp this year, both guys that were mixed around can play both positions, play the interior. James Daniels, I think, was practicing left guard, center, and right guard at one point. So he has the I guess, skill set for the past couple weeks now, getting those mixed reps in or every other series he's in for Cush. They're swapping in and out. So keep the rookie there. Have the veteran Eric Cush go to right guard, and he's a serviceable player. I mean, he was our he was a starter for a couple of weeks now. Um, so there's no reason to add one more complexity in the offensive line. You want to have some continuity, and we all know Kyle Long's going to be out at least six to eight weeks, which is a bummer. But Eric Cush is going to be the right guard. James Jones is going to be the left guard. Do you have anything really different on that, Brandon, or just any other takeaways on on this question? I think in the past when Kyle Long has been out, uh, since Eric Cush has been on the team, uh, I think Eric Cush takes over his right guard position more times than not because I can't remember a time where he would take over for Josh sitting at left guard uh, when he was here. So I think that it would more than likely be Eric Cush on the right side and James Daniels on the left side because, like you said, it, it would just make sense. Even in training camp, I think we've seen on Kyle Long's days off that uh, Eric Cush was on the right side more times than not. But, I mean, both those guys are capable of playing left, center, and right guard. So I don't have an issue uh, with them playing either. But for continuity uh, purposes, I think uh, James Daniels is better suited for left guard. Yeah, I agree. Just, you know, continuity. He's been playing there. He's comfortable there. I want to see that progress because that's ultimately where he's most likely going to be moving forward in his Bears career at that left guard position for James Daniels. So, Brandon, we're going to go to our last Twitter question, and it comes from our fantastic moderator, Tristan. And Tristan asks, what outfits would you see some of our Bears players wearing for Halloween? And just to give you some context, we know that Trubisky dressed up as the coach, Mike Dick, uh, Michka, uh, this year. <laughs> and do you remember Do you remember what he dressed up as last year, Brandon? I have it. I just want to see if you remember. I don't remember what Mitch dressed up as last year. Okay. Last year, he was Jackie Moon from Semi-Pro. There was a bunch (laughs) of guys in that picture. But, yeah, that was a great picture overall. If you haven't checked out, you can just look up uh, Bears Halloween costumes. Mitch will come up in a Jackie Moon costume. It is hilarious. But for this year, if I saw some Bears, you know, wearing, you know, obviously Halloween costumes. And I'll just start with Mitch. I know he dressed up as a coach. But, and obviously, you guys know Will. And you, Brandon, know I'm a huge Marvel nerd. I love all the movies, and it's just my thing. But I can really see Mitch Trubisky just being that Captain America character, just always looking to get better, keeps everyone on track. And I have in my notes, the dude is Captain America. I can just see that happening. Um, Are there any in particular for you, uh, any of these players on this team, where you can see them dressing up as you know certain characters? Well, first of all, I'd rather keep Mitch as Mitchko because I think Captain <laughs> America started a civil war in the Marvel movies, if I'm not mistaken. So not going to try and convince anything <laughs> there, but let's keep Captain America out of that one. Um, this is tough. I would I would like to see Akeem Hicks dressed up as a lumberjack. He's just got the beard for it, you know? I think that mm-hmm. would be an interesting one. Um, I think Tariq Cohen would be a good flash if we're going to stick with superheroes. Yeah, I mean, that's how the route we could take that. I also had Akeem Hicks, and I know I mentioned this on one of the podcasts. He is the Hulk. He said smash yes. or something like that. So it just fits perfectly 
Akeem Hicks smash or so whatever. I don't know what it would be, but he could definitely fit that role being the big guy that he is. But yeah, I didn't really have anybody else trying to envision where they would be in Halloween costumes. Um, I like what obviously Mitch did this year. And he didn't even say it was a costume. It's like he was dressing as a legend. Just shows you the <laughs> the respect that Mitch Trubisky has for his franchise and uh, Mike Dicka as a whole. But that's going to wrap it up, Brandon. Do you have any closing thoughts before we kind of end this week nine edition of the Audio Mailbag Podcast? Um, I don't have any more trips planned for the year, so I plan on watching Air Bears game being on every postgame show. Just throwing that out there. There you go. I will actually <laughs> not do that because I'm I'm going to the Packers game. I am going to the Packers game at oh, Soldier Field. So I get a pass on that one. Thank goodness. Cause I've I've missed uh missed a couple now. So I need to, I need to get my <laughs> act together here. I need to get my priorities straight. But before we we head off for this audio mailbag podcast, if you want to hear your question heard on the next week's audio mailbag podcast, because like Brandon and I said doing early on in the episode. Every single week, you're going to get one because the Bears win when we do an audio mailbag podcast. So you can do that. Get your question heard on the next one by leaving a voicemail at 872-240-4007. Leave us a voicemail, the best one next week's audio mailbag podcast. So to close this, just make sure you check out tomorrow's preview show on the Buffalo Bills. It'll, It'll be a great one. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. At Cenex, we're locally owned and operated, so your community is our community. That's why your Cenex goes far beyond the store. We fuel community connections by supporting local festivals, restoring town monuments, and renovating baseball fields. Now in its fourth year, we'll have contributed more than $400,000 to Cenex communities through our Hometown Pride Initiative. Because community connections make the places we live so special. Cenex, powered locally.